Welcome back to the Michigan podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. I'm Zan here with Megs and Darby, as always. Megs, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Darbs, how are you? Real good. Real good. All right. Well, let's just kick it off with a real quick Selection Sunday update. Yeah, our, our women's basketball team um, was awarded the highest seed in program history as a number three seed in, in their region, which means, and we've covered this before, that they will be hosting the first two rounds of the of their part of the NCAA tournament. So they are starting out Saturday, March 19th against American University. And the other side of that first round is uh, BYU and Villanova. And assuming our women uh, beat American, they will uh, be facing one of those two teams on Monday the 21st. So just really exciting to have this in Chrysler for the first time ever, high seed ever. And uh, I think this is going to be the first time that I've gone to a women's basketball NCAA tournament since Megs and I went down to Notre Dame when we were in school on a snowy St. Patrick's Day Mm -hmm. in my big yellow truck that I had in college. That's right, the big school bus, yeah. (laughs) All right, big big maze truck. Let's get it right. Uh, I had to drive across campus. I remember it almost hitting some girl that was running into a bar on South U uh, because it was snowy and I couldn't stop it. Oh, I remember it scared the crap out of me um, because – drunk and running out in front of me when there was snow on the ground on South U and uh, luckily no accidents. And we got down to Notre Dame and watched our women play down there. And I don't remember what the result of that game was. I'm going to say they won. No, I think Notre Dame was ranked number one that year. And I think they, but we didn't, we didn't play Notre Dame. It was the other game. We were the eight, nine seed. Notre Dame was number one. It's ancient but history thank, at this point. Thank you to Heather Osterley for the tickets. How about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We got to sit in the actual Michigan section for, uh, yeah. Like the family section. Yep, we did. So bringing it back to this team. (laughs) uh, Yes, number three Michigan hosts, number 14 American. Uh, If they win that first round game, they would play the winner of number six BYU versus number 11 Villanova uh, for the right to go to the Sweet 16. Both of those games would be played in Ann Arbor. So home field advantage. You got to like that first time in program history. And we will be watching and Darby, you will be there. Yes, sir. And while the basketball team is uh, going to be kicking off its postseason play in the NCAAs this coming weekend, track and field was active last week. And Megs, how'd it go? Yeah, they were down at the NCAA championships. We had two competitors there. So the good news is Aurora Rinda is an All-American first team. She ended up in seventh place in the 800 with a time of 206. So if there would have been a 600, I'm confident she would have been the champion, but there is no, there is no 600 meter race in the indoor, indoor NCAA uh, championships. So congratulations to Aurora, huge finish there in the 800 with a very competitive field. And then we also had Jessica Mercier was competing in the pole vault, but uh, she, she had no height as they started the height at three, seven and three quarters, which is quite a start, but I mean, it makes sense, right? Trying to get in all of these vaulters in the same amount of time. So she didn't make height for the pole vault, but was there competing with her teammate in Birmingham. So what are the distances she's going to run during outdoor season? Do you think? I mean, definitely the 800. 
And then I'm not sure if she drops down to the 400 or goes up to the mile for 1200. I'm not sure. So she's definitely a strong middle distance runner. There's also differences in relays. So it's possible she'll get some other races in as relays. Is there a medley relay in outdoor? No, there's not a medley relay in outdoor. And moving to a team that is finishing up its home season, the number three ranked women's gymnastics team. They hosted number five, Auburn and West Virginia. And Darby, you were there in person, right? Yeah. And I think the number one takeaway was the crowd and the turnout. Over 12,000 in attendance for the first time ever in, in program history. And Chrysler was just buzzing. It was awesome to see that turnout for for our awesome women's gymnastics team. I mean, it was even evident on TV how how hyped the arena was. It was fun to watch. I, I will say, you know, I think part of the reason that it was packed was because we had a an Olympic gold medalist in the house in Sydney Lee from from Auburn. I I did. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a soapbox for a second. Great, Suni Lee won a gold medal for the United States, and that's awesome. And I was rooting for her in the Olympics. I think we all were, right? But when they come to Chrysler, she's not on our team anymore <laughs> as Michigan Wolverines. So she got introduced and she got a roar of applause. She she performed on all four events. And when when she did, she got a roar of applause. In my head, I'm like, she's not on our team. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, applaud for her for, for gymnastics for Olympic gymnastics, but in, in our house, no, she's our she's our opponent. There you go. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Let me ask you this. It was senior night for three seniors who contribute a lot to this team, Natalie Wojcik, Abby Brenner, and Abby Heiskel. How was the uh, roar for them? Uh, it seemed emotional, I think, is is one thing. So th- it was interesting. I think we're all used to when senior night nights happen in other sports. It happens at the beginning. So basketball, you see, see like the seniors honored before the game starts. Same thing for football. I think the same thing for hockey as well. In this case, the seniors were honored afterwards. And that was actually kind of a shame, to to be frank, because the event had ended. And so a good portion of Chrysler had cleared out by the time we went through these like tribute videos and and the three seniors came up with with their families. So the crowd that was left, I mean, we all stood on our feet and, and clapped for the seniors as each one got honored. But it was a little disappointing to see see some of the fans leave because the event had ended. So I don't, I don't know if it should have been done differently or not. I'm not going into that, but you know, it, w- it was noticed that the Chrysler emptied out a little bit before they got recognized. So were you able to snag your regular seats near the vault? No. <laughs> oh, ish. We, we typically try to go, if you picture the basketball court and Chrysler mid court, and then the vault is right in front of us. So where we look to the right, we see where they start. And we look to the left and we see the springboard and the and the tower, as we call it on this podcast. <laughs> um, we, get, we got there right when doors open. And there was the crowd was so big that our usual seats were already taken up. So we, we sat by the start of where they start running down for the vault, um, which was also closer to the bars and closer to the beam. So that was, it was, they were good in their own way. But yeah, so I mean, the point of this story, though, is again, the crowd turnout for the, for the meet as a whole was just awesome. And that meant people filled in early. And Michigan started on the vault, right? Yes. How they look? Uh, multiple times where, again, as we do on this podcast, you wonder how that wasn't a 10. <laughs> yeah. 
not only how is that not a 10, a lot of the scores were a lot lower than I expected, not just like 9.9 something low, but sub nine nines. And I think it was a bit of a hops here and there on the landings because the takeoffs and the, the aerial moves were, were beautiful. And I think, I think at least four of the six who went had a little hop at the end. So it was the landing thing. And I will say this, the, co- the TV coverage of this tri-meet was worlds better than the tri-meet so much better. with Alaska. Mm. Yes. Darby, what this meet had was basically, think of a four-person Zoom. The three of the four boxes were showing a team, and the fourth box was constantly updating the scores of each team and they would shuffle through the team score and then the individual scores on the particular event as it was happening. The downfall was it was a smaller screen that you were watching, you know, your team compete on, but you could see everybody competing. Yeah. And the, and the full event with the correct angle, which was. And that's, and that's good to hear because when I saw that this event again, with us being number three in the country, Auburn being number five in the country with an Olympic gold medalist, and West Virginia being okay or decent at least. And I saw it was on big 10 plus. I was like, Oh no. Like, and I was going back to what we saw the Rutgers coverage, which mm-hmm. was just horrible. It was the sisters who did the Georgia duel when the banner went up and I thought they were great. They, they were, they even got a shout out from live live. What is on Twitter saying, who was that? Who were those commentators? Yeah. And they were like, it was us. They were great. <laughs> they did great. Uh, they did. They they were very knowledgeable, clearly in the sport. They called all of the 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 moves and they gave their opinions as to where the deductions might be in a in a particular routine, not what the numbers would be necessarily, but what the deductions would be. So it was it was very it was a pleasure to watch a try meet like this versus what we had to suffer through with that Rutgers coverage. Yeah. <laughs> and then the bars, I mean, Michigan was on bars second and they really looked really good on the bars i thought yeah i mean you i don't know exactly what happened on vault we were also sitting at a weird angle for vault but on bars we could see it a little bit more clearly you could tell that we're the number one team in the country on on bars like it just everything just looks so flawless and like these moves that they're like when they're flipping between the, the two bars and everything it just looks so flawless and again you come away with some of the judges scores thinking how is that not a 10 and you know looking at how some of the judges scored it with, you know, one giving like a nine, nine, five, a couple of times. It's like, okay, that was close to a 10 and the other judge, you know, failing us. The scores were higher on the bars than they were on the vault, which doesn't usually happen for Michigan being the number one vault team in the, in the country, but they were still respectable scores. And, and the, the bar scores were higher than Auburn's bar scores. Whereas Auburn's vault, scores were higher than Michigan's vault score. All the Michigan gymnasts on the bars scored 92.5 or higher. It's so much more pleasant to watch, to to have good coverage, great commentators. And it was a fun meet to watch. There were some exciting moments. West Virginia kind of got pushed to the back burner, but you're going to get that when number three, number five are are going at it. And again, when one of them uh, had a gold medalist on the team, but beam, I mean, Michigan's beam work was beautiful, too. And Natalie Wojcik, in my opinion, had the perfect 995 uh, beam. The announcers were stunned that that wasn't a 10. No Neither judge gave it a 10 either. 
there were people that were sitting around me in Chrysler when when Boychek stuck her landing off off the beam, and then the score came up, and they were, how was that? You know, people around me were saying, "How was that not a team?" We had we had a family sitting behind us that were rooting for West Virginia, and even they were like, "How did she not hit? How, how was that not scored a ten for her?" And she was sticking landings all day, like she just beautifully yeah. all day beautiful performances. Yeah, the, and you know, Beam is where nationally Michigan ranks, I think, eighth in the country. It's and it's lowest, like, it's our lowest, worst, quote unquote, worst routine. Didn't look like it this day. No. And they scored a 49-375 as a team to Auburn's 49-150. So it wasn't even close on the beam between the two powerhouses. And then if we're ready to move to the floor, that was the most exciting part. Well, yeah, I was going to say, and and Michigan knew how to send the crowd home happy ending on the floor because. Seriously. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was their best. Best floor. I mean, they're the record for them on the floor, and yeah, it looked it. They were, it was just gorgeous routines. Well, the the fun thing about get you know Gabby Wilson ending the entire meet with a ten is because floor takes so long, everything else was done. So Auburn, I think, was had been on vault, and vaults so quick they're they're done with that by the time we're on like our third out of six on floor, right? Performing. And they came up and gathered around a corner of the floor to watch Gabby Wilson like that's, and they were clapping and cheering her on as well. Like that was just really good to see. I mean, you see that in some, you know, you see some inner team camaraderie a lot of times, especially on the college level, but I think they knew what they were watching out of, out of Gabby Wilson there. And yeah, she, she sent us home with a 10, but because, because West Virginia and Auburn had finished their, routines before Michigan on the floor, all three of the screens were Mm -hmm. different angles of the floor routine. So we got to watch, I think it was Morrison, Brooks, and Wilson, the last three. Didn't we see Wojciech too? Right before Wilson? Was it it four of them? Okay, then we got to see four, Wojciech, Morrison, Brooks, and Wilson uh, from three different angles. And it was amazing. Wojcik got a 10 from one of the judges and a 995 from the other, giving her a 9975. Mm-hmm. And that was her career high on the floor. And it was, yeah, a lovely routine. It was beautiful. But I mean, I remember watching Gabby Wilson's routine where she got a 10 at Rutgers and just falling in love with it. And man, it is a thing of beauty. Gabby it was also really fun to watch all of her teammates, like not just around the edges, but moving around the edges to be there for certain parts of her routine oh. and cheer her on. It was so fun they, to watch them like really like make that a team event and be there with her. It was great. They dead sprint. At least a couple of them will dead sprint around the mat to get to a corner where they know like, you know, whoever, whoever's competing at the time will stick their landing or maybe start their run up to, you know, mm-hmm. do that cross. I wish I knew terminology better to do that, <laughs> that cross Element, I guess, is is the word I'm looking for on on floor. That's that's always really fun to watch. But I don't. Did you guys see the the stat that Wojcik in her career now has a hundred routines of nine nine or higher in her college yeah. career? That's they wild. said that in the arena, and there was like a a whoa <laughs> across Chrysler <laughs> Arena when they said that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she is just uh, she's one of the legends at Michigan. One of the, yes, I agree, Dodge. One of the, or both of you, I agree. One of the fun things about watching floor routines is when 
they're doing their dance and the entire team behind them is doing the same moves, like all in sync, like Beyonce and her backup dancers. It's so cool. Well, that tells you how much they're doing that in practice, that the team starts learning everybody else's routines as well. Like mm-hmm. The monotony that must happen in practice, especially for when they practice floor, has to be mind, like just mind-numbing, I guess, at times. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of working in, with track and field athletes. Like, if you want to talk about monop- monotony, you're just Uh-oh. doing the same exact thing. And practice is still, I wouldn't call it boring. Yeah, true, true. Still lots to work on. So, as as we said, uh, the floor routine, Michigan's floor routine, was the highest score in program history at 90, uh, 49.750. Gabby Wilson had a perfect 10. Natalie Wojcik had a 9.975. Abby Brenner, Naomi Morrison, and Sierra Brooks had 9925. And then Abby High School had a 990. And that was the score that was dropped. So when you're when you're dropping a 990, you know it's a good day. Michigan as a team scored uh 197, 950 to all. Really wanted teams. that, really wanted that 198. Really was hoping that we were gonna hit that 198. Auburn scored a 197, 175. And West Virginia, I'm not even sure what their score was. One one ninety six point four. So that concluded not only the home stand for the gymnastics team, but their regular season because Big Tens is up next. So let's move on to softball. They are finally playing in Ann Arbor, and it looks cold. Yes, <laughs> kind of, kind of playing in Ann Arbor, partially. So they had a three-game uh, series against Kent State, a Kent State team that they have previously met this season. They only got two out of the three games in, though. First game didn't take long, 11-1, to five-inning game. And the second, second game, game was, was exciting. It was an exciting game. It was a 4-3 yeah. game, exciting game. But came yeah. down to the, to the last inning where uh, Michigan was up one, going into the seventh and then Ken state, one of their players hit a home run tying it. And so then Michigan came back in the, the bottom of the seventh to bring it home. So very close, exciting game all the way down to the wire. And doing as she does, Alex Storacco got the win in both games. First game as the starting pitcher, the second game as the relief pitcher. <laughs> hmm. She is just having a, an amazing season so far. We look forward to watching this team more throughout the season, especially once the weather starts to calm down and it's actual softball weather. Yeah, when we don't have three inches of snow dumped on us overnight, we'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll be able to get in all of their games. Tennis team uh, started its Big Ten season against Indiana, won four to one. I don't really understand tennis scoring because five of the singles matches, Michigan won. And they won all three doubles matches. So I don't know how the score is four to one. But Carrie Miller, Jaden Brown, Nicole Hammond, Julie Flagner, and Mary Kelly won their singles matches. And then the doubles of Brown and Serdan, Crasian and Hammond, and then Kelly and Miller all won their doubles matches. I'm going to, I guess I'm just guessing, but I'm going to guess only so, like, there's only so many, like, these are the three who matter in singles. Here's the three that score and doubles and then the others are just playing. It's likely something like that where you play the top three and not, even though you might have more competing. I gotcha. Makes sense. Right. Cause usually in tennis, when you're playing team tennis, you have your 
top two players match or second two players match or third two players match. And those are your scoring. I don't know if there's more singles or it's half and half doubles and singles, but that's generally how team tennis gets scored. I didn't know that. Now I do. It was also looking at the stats, but this doesn't add up right. So four to one was the final. There were a total of nine matches, six singles and three doubles. And in the scoring, three of those show as abandoned. Which I, yeah, I don't I, know what that means. Still, but that, saw that, yeah, that could eliminate three of the scores, but then there's still one more score to account for. I don't know, but they won. And then, Megs, you were able to watch some of the lacrosse game against number eleven Denver, right? Yeah, I was really enjoying the lacrosse game. So I have a hard time paying attention when there's not an announcer. Well, this one we had two announcers, but you could only hear one of them, and they didn't really <laughs> realize that until they were going. So I'm like. I don't, I'm definitely missing some things here, but eventually they got it figured out. It was one of Michigan's former men's goalies was one of the announcers. And then I don't know who the other was, but definitely like, it was nice to hear some announcers who knew what they were talking about with lacrosse and were familiar with this Michigan team and Michigan as a team in lacrosse. Great, strong start. Started first period, 5-1, came out, just coming out strong. Like they just looked like Denver had no chance. And then second quarter, it was 6-4. Third period, sorry, their periods, not quarters. Third period, 8-5. And uh, then, unfortunately, Denver went on a 5-0 run. So once it was 8-4, and then all of a sudden, by the end of the game, it was 9-8. And uh, Michigan tried to get a set piece all figured out right there at the end, but just couldn't couldn't get in position to score. So they lost somehow, 9-8, even though they dominated that game for three periods. So it was a hard loss to watch. So it was their first loss of the season. Yep, and that's going to happen if you can't score a goal in fourth period yeah and that does it for the week in michigan women's sports megan do you have the week to come i do so yeah we got a lot of different sports going on so monday and tuesday golf is at the briar creek invitational on wednesday we have softball versus oakland and then swimming is starting at ncaa's so ncaa's for swimming goes wednesday through i don't know if it's saturday or sunday but through the weekend friday Lacrosse will be at Johns Hopkins. Um, so getting out to the East Coast lacrosse, I'll be curious to see how they do with those East Coast teams who are always pretty tough. Basketball, like we said, NCAA first round for the for basketball versus American at Chrysler. Gymnastics will be at Big Tens in Columbus. Soccer is just going down the street to Eastern Michigan. Uh, water polo will play, be playing Indiana. And then Sunday, lacrosse will be at Villanova. So staying out East for the weekend. Tennis against Purdue. And then water polo is playing first against Brown and then Mount St. Mary's out in Maryland on Sunday. All right. So Darvis, anything else? Go blue. Megs? Go blue and follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. And go blue from me too. This has been the Michigan Podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll do it again next week.